Hi, welcome to the Sparkle Life Podcast. This is episode five, where I'm going to chat about how to be and why we need chronic illness and disability advocates slash influencers. I hate that word, and I'll go more into that in a minute. (laughs) My name is Liz Martin, and I'm the content creator behind the Sparkle Life, as well as a chronic illness and disability advocate. And I've had a... (laughs) I don't even know what to call it past few days. I shared on Instagram how I was just feeling the feels of loneliness and how I was allowing myself space to feel them. It was a very vulnerable moment for me. So I'm a little, shall we say, tender right now, but that's the realness of the journey. Am I right? I've also come to realize that these podcasts are hitting more about the 20 minute mark and I feel like that's okay. 20 minutes is still efficient, and I hope the content is effective. So let's do this. Advocacy slash influencers. Let's chat about it. I'd like to start out with why I'm not a, the fan, not a fan of the word influencer, especially within the space of chronic illness slash disability. By definition, an influencer is an individual that has the power to affect decisions of others because of his slash her authority knowledge, position, or relationship with their audience. An individual who has a following and a particular niche which they actively engage with. The first part of the definition is what I have paused with. I never want to influence someone on their health journey just for the sake of influencing. You're on your own health journey and it's specific to you. My journey may not look like yours and what works for me may not work for you. To influence you otherwise, I feel is a disservice. If I can offer tips and tricks and advice based off of my own experience and knowledge, for sure. But that's sharing. It's up to you to take or leave it. I am not here to influence your medical journey. But you do see it in, the, you do see it in social media and the health world. The my way or the highway influencers. There's no room for dialogue. There's no room for discussion, and I'm not a fan of that type of influencing. (laughs) I also feel in this category you find the sick gram or the inspirational porn. You probably know what I'm talking about. Have you ever scrolled through Instagram and seen a post and like just kind of cringed? Yeah, me too. Or you see a post that's really just there for the likes, like the full purpose of the post is for likes. Just like what they say about regular porn, inspirational porn is the same. You know it when you see it, and it makes you feel a certain way. And I do believe there is a difference between sick grams slash inspirational porn and empowerment content. I don't think I can offer a direct explanation between the two, but again, you know it when you see it. The second part of the definition of influencer I'm totally cool with. The part of of an individual who has a following in a particular niche which they actively engage in. It covers two areas in which I love to discuss when chatting this topic, which are community and engagement. Instead of the word influencer, I like to use the word advocate. Advocate's definition is a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. This is more my jam. (laughs) My particular cause is supporting those in the chronic illness and disability community, which I also find myself a part of. 
And these two words, oh, influencer and advocate, do overlap because we do want to influence society and the health industry to listen to us more and our valuable voices. We also want to advocate for better health care and better R&D to just name two things we want. So they both have a space, but I just feel like the word influencer has been tainted by current marketing and society. So moving forward, know that when I say advocate, it might overlap with what society defines as an influencer. Okay, so you have this desire to be an advocate. You feel like you have a strong voice, a specific outlook, and you want to connect with the community, community of like-minded people. Also, you're all about the change for a better life for those like you. I want to quickly just put in a clause here that sometimes this doesn't happen overnight. I have had my channel for seven plus years. So as the saying goes, don't compare your beginning with someone else's middle. And really don't compare your middle to someone else's middle either. Like let's, let's not compare at all. <laughs> let's just support each other. Let's stick to the cute side of social media. There's a lot of information out there to grow your media, your social media channels. A lot of good information. We live in an age where most people would really like a social media channel that is informant and relevant and has those follows and likes to reflect that. I'm going to kind of allow the experts out there on Google to chat about those specifics. And instead, I'm going to chat about how we as the chronic illness and disability community can best use social media channels to grow the community and have our voices heard and change the outlook for future generations. And yes, I do believe that we can do this through social media. We live in a super cool age. We don't have to be marching in Washington with handheld speakers and signs to have our voices heard. Instead, we can do it from the comfort of our home and still have the same effect. This is fabulous for those with a chronic illness or disability and or disability because it just fits our lifestyles better. Social media is changing though. And what outside viewers are starting to look at instead of followers or likes is engagement. Instagram actually might be doing away with likes on posts. And I'm a hundred percent here for that because follows slash likes as much as they are a metric they don't really encompass how valuable that voice or channel is. In fact, have you ever seen a page where this person has like a ton of followers and like so many likes and yet like two or three comments per post? It makes you wonder, right? And then there are accounts that have say 2000 followers, a hundred likes per post, but then like 50 plus comments and you go through those comments and it's solid comments, not like heart emoji or so cute. It's legit conversations. This is the future of social media and advocacy. And this is really what companies are looking for. So what happens if followers and likes are taken off the table? We're left with engagement and content. Two things I believe that when you would like to jump into this online advocacy world, you focus on. Let's start with engagement. There are a few ways to engage in the community. Allow your social media platform to be a dialogue, an opportunity for people to reach out and engage directly with you or with others via your comments. 
Guys, comments are key. <laughs> Unless you have a shit ton of comments, there really is no excuse why you aren't engaging in that department and responding. I like to use this analogy. Imagine you're walking down a hallway and you see a friend. They look at you and say, or comment, girl, you look fabulous today. Where'd you get that shirt? You have a few choices in response. You can answer back, OMG, thank you so much. It's from Target. That's the equivalent of responding to a comment. Or you could just say, OMG, thank you so much. That's liking the comment. And then there's the response of walking past them without acknowledging them at all. Basically being a bitch. And that is the equivalent of doing nothing with a comment on Instagram. So don't be a bitch. (laughs) Engage. And then there are the DMs. Answer them. You really never know how many solid relationships slash friendships can come out of a direct message. If you find direct messaging hard to respond to or type, don't be afraid to use the voice feature as well. I've been doing that a lot lately and it has been super helpful. Now I know what you're thinking. Who has the time? If the will is there, you have the time. I reserve time in the morning and then in the evening specifically for answering comments and DMs. I find putting time aside specifically for this purpose allows me to really be in the right mindset as well as it reminds me I need to do this. People are being nice enough to reach out and connect with me. I need to do the same. Making the time is part of the social media advocacy world. You can also engage by going outside of your own profile and meeting others in the chronic illness community. Share the love. Comment on their valid posts. Find a few hashtags that resonate with you and click on them to find other like-minded people. One of my favorites is hashtag this is MS. I have found my best multiple sclerosis friends through this hashtag. As a good friend, Mike Farrington said to me recently, actually at an advocate event, This all started with a hashtag. So true though. Hashtags are our friends. Now you can put up to 30 hashtags on your post, but I read the other day that keeping between 9 to 13 is recommended. And I appreciate this because it keeps the engagement focused. I use a few of the same hashtags on every photo. Hashtag this is a mess. Hashtag multiple sclerosis. Hashtag chronic illness. Hashtag disability. And then depending on what the content is, I use hashtags that are relatable to that specific voice. Hashtags are awesome when used correctly. Again, I'll let Google share more about that if you want to learn, but definitely start using hashtags and engaging through hashtags. You never know who you'll meet. And hashtags are actually the way that I've connected with some partners. More about partners in a sec. These partners were looking for a specific voice and we're using hashtags to find that voice. Hashtag allows your content to be seen. It all starts with the hashtag people. (laughs) Now content. Content is one of those things that takes time sometimes to really grow into it and to keep it authentic. That is the most important thing in my opinion when doing content, keeping it authentic, keep it in your voice keep it in a line with your message. We're like pretty good bullshit sniffers, especially in this community. Like we've seen the real bad shit and we can really tell what is the bullshit. 
So just skip it. <laughs> Find out what your what authentic content means to you and then grow from there. What do I mean by content? Content is essentially what you're posting, what you're creating, what you're giving life to. It includes both the words and the pictures, such as in the case of, say, Instagram. I'm going to run through some specific tips I've learned over the years on content creation because it can be a struggle. And I feel like if you allow yourself to kind of be a sponge in this area, you can really adapt and grow. One, choose your channel. Don't try to do it all. (laughs) I know some information out there will say, you need a Facebook, you need an Instagram, you need a Twitter, you need a LinkedIn, you need everything. Here's the thing. We're sick. We don't have time for everything. So choose one and get good at it. For me, that one actually started as a blog. Well, Tumblr, (laughs) aging myself. And I liked that. And then I decided to invest more time on Instagram and I liked that. And now I'm jumping into podcasting and it's, it's pretty cool. This is all over the span of, again, seven years. Start small, get good, like it, then grow. Two, it takes time. As I've mentioned, I've been sharing my health journey for seven years. That's a long ass time in social media world. It doesn't happen overnight. And really, if you're newly diagnosed or just starting to share, you might not even know your voice yet or have the knowledge of what to share in this space. Have patience. You will get there. Three, find your voice. Have a clear message of who you are and what you want to share and write it down. I've had many evolutions of this, but right now my message is, Engaging and sharing with the chronic illness and disability communities so as to encourage better quality of life and change in the healthcare industry. That's my overall message. Whatever content I create, I want an alignment with that voice. Of course, there are times where it's perhaps a little off or illustrated in a different way. That's being human. But having a guideline helps keep your focus. Fourth, time batch content. Content creation is such a struggle, like legit. I time batch it like crazy. On good days, I take the pictures. Whenever I feel inspired, I write the words, usually just on a note on my iPhone. I have a running list of topics that I hear from you guys that you want talked about. I have a Pinterest page with things that inspire me, anything from a photography pose to a quote. I have it all ready to go so that when I go to post, it's literally a copy and a paste. And if I feel like nothing is coming to me, I don't post. Again, we can smell the bullshit. No one has time for that. So if I can't create any authentic content or I'm just too tired to share, I don't. Better quality over quantity. Fifth, get the equipment. Now, I must admit, when I first started out, I was lucky. I had an in-house photographer, my mom. We would often discuss how to represent a message in a photo, and she is really awesome. So I have some really great photos. But then I moved away, lol. (laughs) So I had to kind of start fresh recently. I take all of my photos on my iPhone, super easy. 
I have a tripod with a Bluetooth remote. I set it up, press, picture taken. I have presets, which are basically a filter that I use in a mobile app called Lightroom that I copy and paste to help seamline my pictures. It literally takes less than two minutes. Make a system that works for you and is easy. If it's hard, it's going to seem like work and that's no fun. Also, Etsy has some really awesome presets. So if you're looking for some, I'd start there. Pinterest also has some great ideas. Sorry, I forgot to put my phone on do not disturb. So I just had to like do that real quick so we don't get interrupted by a doctor phone call or insurance spammers. (laughs) All right, number six, engage. Did I mention that one yet? I feel like I have. Just reminding, lol. With great content and engagement comes our next chapter, partners. Social media is an amazing tool, and companies are starting to realize that people with engagement within communities have a strong voice, and they want to tap into that. I've worked with a few partners, not enough to be an expert, but enough to share what I've learned. For one, great content sometimes speaks for itself. Some of my favorite partnerships have come organically, meaning they found me by just searching a hashtag or browsing and then sent me a DM. And then the partnership grew from there. And then there are some companies you might come across and think, huh, they look awesome. I'd like to partner with them. And you will usually need to reach out. There are a couple ways to do this. This is one of them. Start by liking their content. Comment on their items. Just kind of be present on their page. Then send them a DM, something like, Hi, I'm Liz Martin, content creator of The Sparkle Life. I partner with companies on bringing their mission to the chronic illness and disability community. I'd love to chat with you to see if there's a potential way for us to work together. Is there a time where we could set up a chat? Thanks. Now, something to keep in mind is that someone who is running the social media page might not be the decision maker. However, they can pass your message along. Or they actually might be the right person to talk to. Assume that they are and allow them to tell you differently. Another way to do this is to use Google. Google that company and find the social media manager or if they have one, an influencer slash partner manager and reach out directly that way. LinkedIn is also a great tool for finding this information out. Okay, so you both feel like there's an opportunity to work together now what? (laughs) Here's where I'm going to, again, defer to Google a little bit for this information because I have some limitations here. For example, due to my private disability, I cannot take in any additional income. So when I say I'm not in it for the money, I quite literally mean that. It kind of is a freeing feeling because I can say yes or no just on the basis of the value I feel the partnership will bring to the community. It takes away the barrier of, well, how much will I make off this? And instead allows the question, is it in alignment with my message and does it bring value to the community? Even if you are receiving monetary gain from an engagement, I still encourage you to lead with that question. Is it in alignment with my message and does it bring value to the community? This doesn't mean I do everything with no compensation, quote unquote compensation. We've gotten a little creative. 
I'll share an example of a, my partnership with cold tech, the ice towel that I'm like obsessed with. <laughs> Our relationship started organically and has been super fruitful. I truly believe in the product and probably do more for them than I would another product because of this. They also see the value that I provide. So it's a great two-way street. So for example of how we got creative in the compensation, over the summer, I hosted a giveaway for them once a month. That's a lot of work. I won't lie. You have to create the content. It has to be authentic, etc., etc. But in exchange, after each giveaway, Coltec would send a what we ended up calling a quote unquote, a good karma towel to a person I thought that needed one on my behalf. It was a win, 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 literally. <laughs> so there are a lot of ways to create a partnership outside of post this. We give you this monetary amount. You are allowed to be creative. One of the first things I ask when discussing a partnership is what is the scope of the engagement? What do they want out of me? And then I negotiate. I'm honest with myself. If someone wants an Instagram story, a blog review, and three Instagram posts, nope. <laughs> That's too much for me. And it's better to underpromise and overdeliver here. The worst thing that could happen is promise and then not be able to deliver fully. So start small and find out where your sweet spot is. And if the company can't work with you on negotiating through this, then maybe walk away. You can always say no. There's also that saying, know your worth, then add tax. If the company can't see your value, then again, maybe it's a no. Have a respect for what you bring to the table. So that info is more geared to product partners. What about direct advocacy partners? It's a little different and usually the quote unquote pay should be thought of as different too. Because if you're in this space as an advocate to be a voice for the chronic illness and disability communities, then the opportunity in itself to advocate, to share on a media platform should be the compensation. I'll share a bit about my partnership with Healthline. I love sharing about them because I love Healthline but also because I love how our partnership came about. It started with a direct message, literally out of the blue, asking if I'd be willing to write a paragraph about what my MS mantra is. Literally, it started with a paragraph. <laughs> From there, I started writing some content for their websites. I started doing videos for their social media channels. And then I started speaking at some of their events and conferences, including Crowdicon. Healthline is one of my favorites because they really take into consideration that I am sick and they are flexible with that. They also really want to hear my true voice and they want the authenticity of what there is to say in this space. And this will be my last thought on partners. Don't think of it as a one and done. Think of it as a legit partnership, a relationship. Sure, it starts out as a paragraph or one giveaway, but how can the partnership grow to allow space for the chronic illness and disability community? How can the partnership grow? What does that look like? It's better to have a few great partners than a lot of projects. Again, quality over quantity. The end goal of all this really is, though, can we come together to make a difference? 
The chronic illness and disability community is underrepresented in almost every industry. Healthcare, the industry that is literally around because of us, forgets that behind the numbers and the statistics are real life people, are us. Hi, we're cute, we're fabulous, listen to us please. (laughs) That's why we need to build this community. That's why we need advocates out there on social media channels, creating awareness, being a voice, demanding change, taking up space. My hope is that this community grows so large online that there is no other choice than for large companies in the healthcare industry and really in every industry to come to us for direction on what we are concerned about, on what we want to see, what marketing should look like, what the conversation should be. I mean, damn, what an amazing thing this will be when we get there. And we're close, guys. I feel it. So don't be afraid to start sharing your voice. Start connecting. Start engaging. Start creating content that's authentic and true to you. We need you, truly. Let's do this. Speaking of connecting, that was like such a bad lead in. I'm sorry. That sounded like an info commercial. Speaking of connecting, you can always connect with me on Instagram at The Sparkle Life or in the content section on my website, www.thesparklelife.org. No, really, y'all. I mean it. You can connect with me anytime. Again, at The Sparkle Life or thesparklelife.org. I love hearing from you. I also so appreciate you listening to these podcasts on this platform. This has been so fun. You just, y'all are awesome. I look forward to seeing the content that you start creating and the engagement that you start that you start um, having. I hope your day is good and gentle and look forward to chatting soon.